Welcome to Rooted Within with Lily and Dan, a podcast that shines a spotlight on positive change makers, sharing their stories of legacy, inspiration, and impact. Each episode, Lily and Dan will speak to individuals who have made their dreams a reality, exploring their journeys, mindset shifts, and what motivated them. Join us as we explore the lives of those who are making a difference and let their stories inspire you to achieve your own goals. No ego is, it's hard at times, but at the same time, it's probably the best route to take. You show your true colors, you show who you are and you work hard. Who on earth am I without this fancy job title and these materialistic things that I'm able to buy as a result of that financial reward that I'm getting? always sat at the back of my head it was like I've let that define me for so long and I've been so driven with my career but is there anything else there must be more to life than but also one day that'll be gone met this lady there and um she was just like you know what are you doing and we had a chat she was on holiday and she just said we're rowing across the Atlantic and I think you'd be really good to be part of this team (laughs) just like you do randomly at a barbecue in Dubai yeah come and jump in a boat let's row and I was like okay Rooted Within with Lily and Dan. Well, normally I'd have Dan here to sort of handball to, but I don't today. He's stuck on his way back from Abu Dhabi. But in the studio today, I have the lovely Katie Patterson Hart. Thank you for welcome, having me. Welcome, welcome. And you've you. come from the other side. So you yes. just arrived from Russell Hamer. How was yes. the traffic? Actually fine. Friday afternoons are good really? these days. Yeah, in this direction. In this direction. And I think going home, it's going to be, be fun. No, oh. sorry, I just hit the microphone. It's going to be totally fine. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to the studio. Thank you so much for coming in. I'm going to jump straight into my first question. So I read your bio okay. and the first thing that jumped out at me was that you rode with four other women. That's right. Across which ocean? The Atlantic Ocean. Okay. I know. I know it's not normal. <laughs> It's can not you, a normal can you, thing can to you, do. Like I'm, well, I'm just going to jump straight to that because I really want to know, how does that happen? Okay, that is a very good question, the how. Okay, so shall I start from the beginning? Yes, please. So my background is banking. Okay. Um, I studied financial economics. I went on to work. Would in, never have picked that. No, no, no. I honestly, though, messed up all my A-levels. I was too busy going out and enjoying myself and yep. experimenting. <laughs> I'm sure everybody can relate mm. in some way or other. It didn't treat me kindly, though. I ended up having to do a HND in university. It's one step below the degree just to get entrance into university. So I chose business management Mm -hmm. because it was a a very wide spectrum. And I seemed to do particularly well in the financial economics modules. My tutor at the time was like, I think you should focus your efforts on this because you're a natural. I was like, oh, at last, something positive has come out of this. I'm going to hold that thought for a second because from the corner of my eye, I've just seen Dan who just made it back from Abu Dhabi. I got stuck in traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Literally stuck in traffic. So I'm I'm going to do this differently today. So I struggled to start without you, but managed to. But yeah. what I well, and I jumped. <laughs> and I, I, I think I've got quite a lot. Of, I've got a lot of fines going on right now. <laughs> I'm 
Thank you, darling. Thank you. It's been a while. So we jumped straight into wanting to understand how Katie decided to row across the Atlantic. So this was one of the key things that I wanted to talk about. So I'm I'm glad. glad. Have we talked about it? No, you haven't missed it. Oh, good. So first we're understanding she went into economics. We're at economics. In a really boring phase I mean, of life. You've had such a very career because when I met you, like, you were like hostessing for us. And this is the whole thing. Like, I'm really glad that we started from the beginning because this is pre-Dan. Yeah. So Dan doesn't even know this bit. This oh, is yeah. like where it all started for me moving to Dubai. So, yeah. yeah, I was just saying that I entered university on a HND because I screwed up all my A-levels yeah. and they wouldn't let me in in any other way. I think I did exactly the same. Did you? Were you too busy enjoying yourself as well uh, and I, experimenting? I just, I just forgot to turn up to them because I was working the night before and I woke up with like, mm, I think I've got something to do today. Did I have something to do My today? geography A-level, I completely oh, missed it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very relatable. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Go that's on. pretty much what happened to me. And my parents obviously were very disappointed and they're like, well, you need to go to university. How on earth yeah. are you going to get in? Yeah. Lock yourself in that kitchen, get on the phone. There's the newspaper, start get calling it. through it. And ah! so that was your first little lesson of consequences. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I managed to get into university on a business management HND. And I was just explaining that the teacher there was actually, Katie, really good at financial economics module. You're doing it naturally. I can see you're putting no effort in, but you're getting the good grades. I was like, oh, thank God I'm actually good at something. <laughs> and she said, I think you should top it up into a degree. So that's what happened. I did what two a great, years. What a great teacher. Wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely wonderful because you get so lost yeah. at that stage in life, I think. And especially if you haven't done well yeah. in said chosen maths, biology and English yeah. A-levels. Mm-hmm. I was good at them, but I just didn't yeah. focus any effort to yeah. them. I didn't think I needed to try because the GCSEs came so easily. Yeah. Um, and the A-levels are just so hard, aren't they, in comparison? Different. I was busy enjoying myself. So, Fair. yeah. I mean, Fair. it was... It, yeah, But it did teach me that you can't just give half-hearted attempts to getting things done and expecting decent results. Mm. So yeah, went on to do my financial economics degree. So it took an extra two years, did well, and got a job with a big international bank on a graduate trainee program and started climbing the corporate ladder. And I was a senior manager within about three, four years of the bank. So that was an amazing achievement. fast move. I think it was the fear. It was like, I don't ever want to go through what I've just been through of not being able to follow a path that I wanted to follow because I screwed up. And luckily I was given a second chance. But yeah, the fear, I think it just Mm. pushed me to the point where I was like, right, I'm committed to this now. This is what we're doing. And this is the route I'm taking. That was all wonderful. Dubai... I got a little opportunity to come over here. So after spending, I think it was probably a good three, four years in Sheffield and then in London, mm. uh, moved out to Dubai. But, but up, how did that happen? I, right. So the graduate trainee program was like a mini university. So you okay. were just with, they'd selected about 20 people. That mm. was it. So there was about 200 of us in the selection process and they whittled it down. They did this 24 hour, uh, it was an assessment. They had mm. assessors yeah. standing in the four corners of the room. It was hardcore. You slept yeah. over all together in this hotel. They gave you free-flowing alcohol to see how you were interacting with people. Oh, wow. um, it was a full-on psychological I was assessment. Say very it was, psychological. <laughs> they were very interested in yeah. your emotional intelligence, very interested in how you worked together as a team, in your leadership capacity, how you dealt with maybe some kind of conflict that was yeah. going on mm-hmm. in a team environment. It was eye-opening. And I was young, I was 21, so I'd never been exposed to anything like mm. that really. So I was like, 
what is going on here? Anyway, we got down to the last 20. We all got employed by said bank and we were all scattered in different parts of the world. <laughs> Say that bank does that. Like, it's crazy. Appreciate that environment. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. This was but in... it's very, very forward thinking. Very forward thinking, it's right? Smart. Very. Because then you really see like true people, like you yeah. push the limits yeah. and you just but like you create strong and, teams. But they also don't tell you what they're looking for. Yeah. So they're putting you under pressure to the point where you're squeezed to be your true self yeah. and you have to show up and you have to show yeah. it because they're forcing you to have a voice on a big conference table and you've never been in a board meeting before yeah. you just stepped out uni yeah. you don't know what goes on around that and who's leading it because we're all in yeah. the same boat here literally so it was a fascinating process to mm. go through and I had no idea what they were looking for so I was like have I even got in through this mm. process yeah. no idea clueless and I did. Wow. Yeah. So that was amazing. And that was like kind of just having that dedication to something and knowing that I could do it. And that belief came back in my own capabilities. And it was a, yeah, a reminder to focus my efforts on what I wanted mm. and not take any little diversions or get mm. distracted. So the people that were all dispersed, these 20 wonderful graduate trainee people I made friends with, some were placed in Dubai. Okay. We were like this because we were on all these training courses yeah. together. So, and we were like nervous. It was yeah. like big deal list. It was like big company and stuff. And I think most of the members of staff within the organization were probably late 40s, 50s. So, you know, they brought this young blood in and it was ruffling feathers a little bit. So you were conscious that you were not mm. really that welcome because they yeah. brought you in to do different things. So we stuck together. And even though we had different people in different parts of the world, we stayed in touch with each other. A couple of the guys were based in Dubai. That was their placement. I'd opted for a UK-based program. I was actually working for the bank on a... It was a, it was a, a trainee... What was it? A temping job yeah. over the summer. So I was already inside this bank doing cups of tea and filing. So again, there was resentment around... Because yeah. I was in a team then, placed yeah. in a different position. And I was the tea girl, you know. Yeah. It was... <laughs> <laughs> interesting times <laughs> very but I think humbling yeah you know and all these little experiences that you have along the way very very humbling and yeah. I think you know you you soon learn that <laughs> no ego is it's hard at times yeah. but at the same time it's probably the best route to take yeah. you show your true colors you show who you are and you work hard yeah. So yeah, when I was doing this temping contract and then I got into this job role and my manager was like, right, you've got choices now. You can either stay in my team here or you can go and follow the program. He said, but if you stay with me, I'll create a program that allows you to tick all the boxes that you would normally tick on this program, yeah. but we'll tailor it to exactly what you want to do. So he wanted to keep me. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is great because I've got used to him and he's got used to me and we've already had a few months together. Yeah, this is kind of all how it all started. The trip to Dubai was because I had friends here that were on the trainee program. Oh, and, and it opened my mind to, I remember going to, on Shake Side Road back in 2005. <laughs> it was like, what is this place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were up like high in a massive building traffic. in a restaurant. And I was like, whoa, all these lights. It was just like, wow, amazing. And I was like, this place is so unique. Yeah. I want to be a part of it. And I just remember thinking, this is an incredible place to be. I, di I didn't get it though. I was like, what is this place all about? Like, I, could, I couldn't get the feeling for it. Mm. And that was, what, 2005? 2005. So that's kind of like when it's, like, starting to really... It was still trying to figure itself out there. Yeah, anyway. yeah, sure. Yeah. And I was trying to figure myself out. Mm. I was 25. So yeah. it was like, yeah. okay, I'd had, like, you know, a few years in the UK doing my work. But I think that inquisitive nature in me was there as a result of my parents bringing me up in Brunei parents were military so we were based over there wow. and I just think that even though I was an interesting place to grow up yeah right yeah. tropical and yeah. Uh, 
yeah, running around like as a kid, just naked most of the time in, in the jungles. tropical storms in jungles. <laughs> Correct, treading on scorpions. Apparently, I was wow. like, really. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I blame the parents for that inquisitive for the nature. Curiosity. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you decided to stay in Dubai. What happened? Like when you did that first trip, what, like. So I actually the CEO of like. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the oh, word. Say so anything you like. So Lloyds Bank, they actually got bought out by HSBC yeah. now. So they're on Al Wassel Road opposite Safa Park. Yep. That was, that was pretty much my second house. The CEO was traveling to London at the time and he ran some interviews. I'd met him briefly at a social thing when I came out to Dubai and they were like, that's the CEO. And, I, and they were like, if you want You're a job, like, that's who you need yeah. to say hi to. You've got to make friends. <laughs> but at the time, it wasn't really priority. I didn't really think it was practical. I didn't yeah. think, you know, I've got to, I want to finish what I've started in the UK. And I got back, I spoke to my boss and I was like, look, you know, there's this opening in Dubai. And I mean, it's advertised like across the whole world is, yeah. you know, all the jobs are on the system. So I couldn't help but go in and look. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's what they were all talking about. This is the one in Dubai yeah. that they were talking about. I said to my boss, look, I know I've only been here because this was my new position down in London. And it was a proper job. I'd come off the graduate trainee mm. program. I'd come off a band that was higher than I expected. Yeah. And they'd really treated me well because they you're appreci- like, I'm about to tell them I want to go. Yeah, right. I know. I was like, how? How's this going to sit? Is this even an option? Am I shooting myself in the foot here? Because yeah. maybe he's going to be like, you're not going. Yeah. And now you're stuck with me yeah. and deal with and, consequences. And he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, of course. And wasn't. And he wasn't, was he? He was like, really, like, you're going to be a loss. We've loved having you here, but I'm not going to block you from applying. And let's just see what happens. <clears throat> so again, very, very supportive. You've had and some very great lucky. mentors and supporters along the way, haven't you? Yeah, really lucky with very. that. And I think that's one thing when we get to the row. One thing that I would say, getting people on board, like, you know, everybody creates their own team in a work environment. Yeah. But I think creating your own team externally, where you share similar visions and values and you can connect in a way that just helps everybody succeed because you're yeah. all pulling in the same direction. Mm. I felt like that was always happening. Even from a young age, when mm. I look back at it now, I didn't get it then. There's so many puns in this, pulling in the right direction. We're going to get there. I'm so oh, excited I about could, that I bit. I could rely on you. <laughs> I'm so excited about that bit. <laughs> I remember when you actually went and did that, I was like, you crazy Yeah, yeah there was a lot of people that thought that. Yeah, yeah. And I've got I, so many questions. Anyway. I know. I feel like this podcast could be split over like seasons. <laughs> of, episodes, <laughs> seasons yeah. of life. <laughs> Fast forward a bit. So you read about you get the job. Yeah. So he, he actually relocated. came over to do the interviews okay. and he said, you're too junior for the job that I'm looking for. You haven't got the work experience, but I like you. I'm creating a job for you. And wow. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. But he was very forward thinking, very open minded and could see potential. He was very switched on with emotional intelligence as well. Yeah. And he actually was the one that said to me later on when I was in Dubai, you've got high emotional intelligence. I was like, what the hell is that? You yeah. know, I was so young and naive to everything. I just had no idea about anything. And mm. he sent me off to read about stuff, you know? Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can relate to that a little bit. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Cool. He, he's observant and he's a good guy. To yeah. see. If he can see that in me, that, you know, fills me with mm. confidence. So anyway, this was uh, starting work in Dubai. You comfortable there? Should we get you a chair? Yeah. Like we need a chair. <laughs> <Should we> get... <laughs> like, Grandad's grand knees are about to give in. I think I was being very clever. Do you want to take this one? This is probably the most is random inter- interruption. It is the podcast most random ever. podcast we've had so far. <laughs> is it? This is always good. <laughs> it's all fine. It makes it, it, makes it interesting. There you go. Yes. Done. Can you... Can you imagine what our viewers, not viewers, our listeners at home oh, God, I think we should are listening this to this? Oh, no, it's got to stay it's, in. It's all staying in. It's got to stay in. We're raw. We're real. <laughs> we're real. We adapt. <laughs> as, as we take a little hiatus. Dan just came off his knee. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can we please talk about your voice? I know it's gone. 
completely gone. Completely gone. That's like, the thing. That's why I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to do, do this on my we own. We need a conversation <laughs> off uh... Do you not right. normally have this beautiful husky voice? No. I, I have it a bit great. more of a voice. It does. I think I like it. Double O double five. I like it. Oh, wow. How can I help you? <laughs> I feel like you're a radio can you, can, presenter. Can you please I really give me a name? <laughs> this is going to be very pear-shaped very quickly. Can you say, hold the line caller? Hold the line caller. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Right, okay. We'll be right back. <laughs> we've, had the, we've had the interruption. <laughs> now, we'll be right back to Kate. We'll be right back to Kate. Now, I back to you, our guys. normal <laughs> viewing. <missed> you. <laughs> like, literally, I've been having such a... I'm going to just say a shit time lately, and this is just probably like the most amazing this introduction. Oh, no, what's been happening? Oh, I know, we're back to you. Back, back to you. There's like a whole drama going on, but we'll talk about that off the right. air. Right, so where were we? You're out to Dubai, jobs created for you. I want to know how that leads to you rowing across the Atlantic. Yes. Right, okay. So job went really well here yeah. and did focus all my efforts and I climbed the corporate ladder and I was in charge of a team of people and it was a wonderful experience and I really feel like it's at my core, all the training that I had, the professionalism, oh. customer service, the teamwork, the leadership. It was just a wonderful, wonderful team environment for such a young age mm. to go through like something that was such a clear process. It was mm. um, regimented mm. and I could be disciplined mm. and whatever I put in, I got back out and it was wonderful. Got to a stage where I was like, do you know what? I wonder if I put this much effort into something personal what I could achieve and also who on earth am I without this fancy job title and these materialistic things that I'm able to buy as a result of that financial reward that I'm getting always sat at the back of my head it was like I've let that define me for so long and I've been so driven with my career but is there anything else there must be more to life than but also one day that'll be gone yeah you're not gonna work for it well unless you want to but yeah. normally yeah. it's not and also can be taken away from you exactly, exactly. so many things can happen like day. it's never certain and this is exactly what happened so i made the leap of faith to leave this company because i said i need some headspace like yeah. if, if i'm stuck if i'm in this every single day the level of commitment i've got in there my head's busy all the time i can't switch off i need to close the noise mm-hmm. so yeah. i made the decision to leave everybody thought i was crazy because like you've got such a strong career here been with the bank forever now like, like it's w, been eight w years you're good, you're you've got like it, even blah, a pension blah, blah. still going yeah. on back home the disposable income that you've got yeah. could set you up in a way you get to a certain point in life when you've been with a business for a while that you can kind of coast a little bit you can go a little bit under the radar super comfortable yeah i mean there was mm. challenging moments mostly to do with management because i was yeah. so young i was still trying to figure out people mm. like yeah. and i find people still fascinating trying to work on that one. yeah yeah me too every day <laughs> 42 years old and not figure that out but anyway exactly right that's my own podcast coming up <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a subject in itself, right? So you quit? I quit. What was the first thing you did? Actually, went with the CEO who'd moved companies. Well, first of all, I went with a local company. I was like, I'm working in the Middle East, but I'm working for a British company. Like, open your mind a little. Let's like just go and work with something Mm -hmm. local. It didn't work out, unfortunately, the person that had been recruited to run the show. Do you remember like the Ivy and the Rivington yeah, Grill and yeah. all of these? Yes, I went to work for Tatuia. And, I can't remember uh, oh, wow. Yeah, no, this is what I mean. This is pre-Dan. Yeah. Like, I feel I like... That's like it, yeah. <laughs> no, right, I'm sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> this, this guy, he was a multimillionaire from London and he had a certain way of working. It just didn't fit with the culture here Fair. locally. I still went to work for that company, but I was supposed Ooh. to be his right hand. And the mm. lady in HR was like, oh, oh you've turned you just, up. The Ivy used to be at the AFC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Emirates, Towers. Emirates Towers. sorry. Oh my God. Yeah. I forgot about that. It was like yeah. an institution. Yeah. <laughs> wow. With the wood. Anyway, mm. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I went to work for Tatuia and. Um, that didn't last very long. It didn't. So I'm sat there. 
the HR lady's gone, can you go back to your old company? That's like how bad it was. Wow. And I was like, wow, I've left this career of eight years and she's asking me if I could return back to my existing company. She was like, we just don't see where you're going to fit in the equation now. And I'm like, hmm. Awesome. I was like, I'm definitely not going back. That's not an option. I'm not even opening that conversation. We're yeah. moving forwards. And if yeah. this isn't meant to be, we will find something else. Mm. Kept my head low for a little bit. I was studying another degree at the time in financial services. I was like, <laughs> let's finish that off. Let's get that done and dusted. So I did. Started investing in real estate. Bought a floor of apartments with friends in Abu Dhabi. Bought a villa in the Springs here. And a little studio in Rasselhema. Very overexposed. The crisis hit. Oh. Yeah, it was fun and game. So they could have possibly been really good investments because working at the bank, I'd seen a lot oh. of positive. And this is the crisis, what, 2008? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a very, very tight time for me because I then went to go and work with the old CEO at Lloyds Bank who had shifted to Gulf Finance. He called me up. He was like, hey, I'm setting this up. I need some help with this situation. We need some, has this knowledge. You're the only person I can think of. What are you doing now? And I was like, do you know what? This works perfectly. I need to get out of where I am and into this job. Did it for about eight months. I was doing the asset financing for hospitals. So if you're a doctor and you're wanting to set up, uh, say, some x-ray machines, maybe you need the financing. We were taking a charge over that asset. So a bit like a house mortgage. And we were rolling this out and it was new to the market. They weren't really doing that at this Mm. time then. The problem was they were building loads of new hospitals. There was all this pipeline of business of, yes, I need to do this financing. And that was all my job was. And it was sales orientated. So after about six months, we could see nothing was coming together. Like the hospitals weren't being built. The business wasn't being drawn down. The crisis or the after? It was just before the crisis. And I just feel like this lag time of building a hospital. I don't think any of us knew Mm. at what point these assets were going to be needed. So my pipeline of business was just sitting there. I was pushing everybody like, what's going on? Are you ready Mm. to go? And no, not ready, not ready, not ready. It was just in the air. Um, I lost my job. And this was around about the time of the crisis. crisis. Yeah. Yeah. So So, so lost the job and then then also your investments. It was huge. It was massive. Did you lose the investments? I was very overexposed. Got some water. I'm good. Um, it came well unprepared for this. I'm just completely. I'm so proud of you for running in from Abu Dhabi yeah, like this. So, so the Abu Dhabi police <laughs> for the speedy fines. Stop. Do you think you have? <laughs> we'll figure it out tomorrow. Oh, anyway, oh, carry on. Oh, gosh. So oh. investments. Uh, yeah. So that that was like a a massive learning curve for me because mm-hmm. I'd gone from having a lot of surplus income and playing with it basically. Mm-hmm. That was what was happening and a secure job. So now not having a job, still having the expenses yep. of a huge salary but without the salary coming in anymore. And it was like, okay. And there were a few friends that didn't understand the concept. Maybe they came from a more privileged background and they were just like, well, why spend so much in the first place? It was like... <laughs> you don't really have a choice. Like, well, we do, when, you but... live, when you live here and you're experimenting, you will take a... You'll take risks. You'll, yeah. yeah, you'll take a, a rental or buy a house and that mortgage, maybe 30% of your salary would be reasonable to dedicate towards that but when you lose your salary yeah then you you don't really have in other areas of the world the job market is a little bit more stable it's different here isn't it yeah here it can be like anything can happen yeah (laughs) yeah exactly and this yeah and this was the massive learning that i took away from it because there were certain projects like this floor of apartments that we bought in abu dhabi i'd bought it with four other friends they were all in different parts of the world someone was kite surfing somewhere and it was a stage build and i was like right guys the next installment of one million dirhams is due we were planning to draw that down and pay it and i was like this isn't an option anymore and they were like no not for us either like everybody was like withdrawing from everything 
So I said, what we're going to do? And they were like, well, maybe we need to just get rid of that. And I was like, we certainly do. Yeah. And I remember driving down to Abu Dhabi to Hydra Properties. I vomited on the side of the road because I was that nervous. You know, when you're just like, oh my goodness, I'm holding myself together so much, but actually there is so much turmoil going on. It was the uncertainty. Anyway, I got there and this guy was really nice. Managed to get in touch with the highest point of CEO guy. I'm still in touch with him now, actually. He's, He's a wonderful human being. And, um, I actually said to him, you know, look, we can't pay the next instalment and this is a situation. We've paid one million already, but we can't make the next one. It's not going to happen. What can we do? And I don't want legal action because that next instalment's going to be drawn down. And he was just like, well, you could put it into something that's already finished and then you won't have any more instalments. So he transferred that across to something else. And then they were doing these horrible letters of credit things where um, there was a queue of people buying things for 60% of the value and they were taking things off people's hands because it was an opportunity for wow. them and we were like I was like really the guy should we get out and they were like just do it just get what you can out of this so it was a really really in, I grew so much yeah, as a person yeah. during this phase you and you do absolutely and I, I relate and can connect more with people that have had some form of hardship because mm. I think you know we can go and source out a challenge right <laughs> Mm. Or we can be hit by one. Um, <laughs> no, no choice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Have a challenge. Deal with it. Find yeah. a solution. Yeah. How are you going to manage I'll, that I'll one? come back in a couple of months. Hi. Yeah, exactly. And let's see you in the other, come out the other doing. side. Because you will come out the other yeah. side. You always do. You always Just do. Just a bit battered. <laughs> absolutely. But the strength of character that comes so, with it. What does it do? Um, you makes you stronger. 100%. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that was just one little snippet. It went on for a good five, seven years. And that was the other thing. You know, there was a lot of patience required. Yeah. So... Sorry, because I'm going to link this into something in the future, but like a lot of determination. Like, you know, there's a, there's a situation that you're in, not your choosing. You just got to grit your teeth and go with it. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, some it. of the people that were close to me at that time, they were like, how do you wake up in the morning with a big smile on your face? Like, how are you functioning? What else are you supposed to do? And that's the whole thing. It's <clears> like, you know, you can't determine what's being thrown mm. at you. Like, mm. that could have gone really well. You know, like my family, my sisters back in the UK, they're like, you know, that could have been amazing investments. You could have turned that into mm. something else. You know, you've seen it all happen. It, you know, it was something that the market just shifted, didn't yeah. it, massively? Mm. And people who were exposed were left really exposed. Yeah. And I learned a lot from that. I was still yeah. so yeah, young. It says, so it says a lot about mindset yeah it does and how it can 100%. really control not control but it can really affect your experience yeah definitely and i think it, it, you're right i mean it either dictates your day mm. and turns into your narrative mm. not for me no yeah. i'm dealing with it in the background but let's make some money yeah let's go to dan at bareface and see what hourly rate i can do on a promotion level on events let's just go out there and start earning some money and that oh. was my attitude and that's when i met you because yeah, I used to book you on events as a hostess and all sorts but so many different things in fact as I was driving here I'm thinking about how you were teaching me to walk stilts oh my god yeah I did next at one to the point. swimming pool in the marina in there apartment. was a marina apartments there was yeah, swimming pool and you put me on in stilts and said you could get some really good jobs out of this Katie and I'm I think, going I think I did that to many people it's like go walk my friend walk <laughs> you're like what do I need what <laughs> can I get stilts? out of this one <laughs> I think you're all right, though. Did you do it? I did it. Yeah. I'm a gymnast by trade, yeah, so I'm it. tall. So one, but why not? Was there nothing in finance? Right. So this was another thing. I knew I wanted to do something else, but I needed to have clear headspace to yep. think. And every time I want, I just didn't want to go back into a corporate environment. Okay. I was like, if I do, how am I going to think about what else I want to do? I'm going to be stuck in mm. this job again like I was. I made the most but, of but it. But it would have been given the financial situation and needing to sort of recoup 
what you'd lost going back into finance would have been. But the finance industry at that time was decimated. Well, that's what, what, what I'm asking. Yeah, was the, it even an the, option? There wasn't any jobs, but also at the same time, I felt like it would be I earned X amount of salary. Seeing these hourly rate jobs, I was coaching gymnastics. I was doing literally anything because yeah. I wanted clear headspace. I was like, mm. once I finished that work, I mm. don't want to think about it again um, <laughs> other than collect my money. And then during this time, just been to do some crazy Dubai One TV thing. And it was, oh, I can't even explain what we were doing. We were modeling. It was like when you go in and they show the outfits from head to toe yeah. and they describe it all. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a full face cake to make up, which is so not me. And then my friend was like, we're having a barbecue down at the palm. Come and join us. So I'm in the car scrubbing this face off. I'm driving down there and I'm like, just go and be social. It's a good thing to do to yeah. escape from your reality right now. Met this lady there and um, she was just like, you know, what are you doing? And we had a chat. She was on holiday and she just said, we're rowing across the Atlantic and I think you'd be really good to be part of this team. <laughs> just like you do, randomly at a barbecue in Dubai. Yeah. Come and jump in about, let's row. And I was like, okay. What made her want to do it? Right. So she is massively, she was moved by the charity, the charitable initiative that was attached to it. It was against human trafficking. That was uh, I remember. I remember uh, it's an old slave route that we took. And ah, okay. um, she was very moved by some film documentary that she'd been watching and she knew she wanted to do something. And she was a rower? No. Was we anybody were you a rower? No. We only had one rower in our team. Okay. Our team. Please, please, <laughs> please, for our listeners out there, when you say row, do you mean like actual row. rowing? Yeah, exactly. So two hands on an oar each and you sat three girls on separate seats yep. behind like each other. Proper rower. Sliding I, up and down yep. on a seat. You've I used to be, I was a rower. That's why oh. I'm there going, you rowed across the Atlantic. Yeah. Oh, you should have been doing it instead of me. <laughs> you don't understand. It's that. crazy. I've run across a lake and it's very difficult. But the Atlantic. Atlantic. It's got waves. waves. It's got sharks. Yeah, it's but got you've got technique. Whales. You it's had technique stuff. for flat water rowing. Yeah. yeah this it, is not but flat rowing water. is normally flat water. But this, is, this is in the ocean. But that's what I'm saying. Waves. But that was the training involved and that was the but crazy why thing. why row? Why not sail? Why not? Okay, so there was rowing and Atlantic. I mean, yeah, even people that have sailed the Atlantic have found it incredibly oh. challenging. It's a, from oh, here got my nautical knowledge. Yes, please like, share. It's a very volatile yeah. piece of water. It certainly is. Yeah. And my dad was uh, in the navy. Oh, was he? So yeah, he used to sail across the Atlantic all the time. Oh wow! He was always caught in storms. My mum was yeah. in the Rens as well. No way. Yeah. There we go. Okay. We're uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he had big exposure on yeah, big seas, and he yeah. knows the Atlantic. Rough. Yeah, it's rough. That's it's like rough. rough. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> yeah, it is rough. It's really rough. And there are moments where I just remember storms and you're exposed. You've got two cabins at either end of the boat, which I refer to them as like. Before we get to this, like, yeah, sorry. but first Let's of all, like, yeah, you know, if you have a question. Please, like, so you've had this barbecue. Yeah, you're at the been, barbecue. Go back to the. Then you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to roll across the Atlantic. Like, what happened? Okay, so we literally were all outside socializing and Julia said, let's go inside so I can show you something online. So she went into the kitchen and pulled something up and started to show me some of the, the reasons why she was wanting to do it. Yeah. Um, just to test the pulse, I guess, to see yeah. whether it, you know. And were you in straight away? Oh, yes. Like, but what, what did she see in you that made her say, what are you doing? I think you should come and do this. I went through this process of, after I'd been through all this big, exposure financially mm. and loss of jobs. I felt like my ego was completely battered. You know, okay. I felt very, Fair. very... Fair. <laughs> you can understand very that. Very raw. 
and very raw. And I just said to myself, this is your time to understand who you really are. Mm, You've been stripped of everything now. Mm. Let's just not mention any of those things because that's in your past now. That senior management Mm. in a bank, that lovely car that you were driving, Mm. all those things you thought defined you. Your challenge now, Katie, is not to mention those things to other people. It was so challenging because that yeah. is what yeah. made that was me. Your who, identity. That was, yes, yeah. And I, I went through this phase of. So I actually didn't share too much with her. Mm. Um, she just said that she knew there was more to me than she met the eye, and she knew that I was into my sports. I'd run a marathon in between some of this as well, but I was just, not a sporty just, person. Just like you do. No, I wasn't a sporty person. Mm. At school, I did gymnastics and flexible things. I yeah. didn't have any strength. Didn't like running. Yeah didn't like any activities in that sense. It was, but it was swimming. It was just like, I liked moving, dancing, just yeah. kind of like really girly girl stuff. But I was never very good at it because I was mm. so tall. Gymnasts are very petite, yeah. aren't they? So yeah, all of kind of like the sporting stuff, the, the marathon was something that I did when I decided to stop smoking. I stopped drinking. And it was like, let's just have a month off yeah. everything. All this newfound yeah. energy. It was like, mm. what should we do now? Yeah. Um, start training for a marathon. Talk about training, training mm. for rowing. Mm. What was that like? Wait, wait. Full-time what job. Before that, though. So she showed you all the stuff and you yeah. just said, yes, let's start tomorrow. Yeah, I was in. But then I didn't know how serious she was. Um, yeah, I get that. And she was flying back to the UK. She didn't even live here. She okay. was based in the UK. Messaged me the next day and I went down to meet her and we had just one-on-one coffee yep. and I shared everything about myself. Yep. And at that point, she was just like, you're on yep. this team. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> wow. Wow, really? <laughs> that moved very quick. <laughs> yeah, but I still didn't believe it. Yeah. I was in. And then I, she flew off to the UK. So how's that going to work? Well, that was the thing. And that was part of the test between the team then because it was how committed are you? Because we were um, all kind of all over the place. There was somebody in America, someone in Northern Ireland, and then myself in Dubai and then the, at the time we were six and there were three girls in the UK you were training in different countries yes okay you you're a rower you understand you don't, you this. don't understand that, that that doesn't no no because it's, it's synchronized obviously you need to row the as a team the whole point of rowing yeah. is that you are a team yeah. yes and 100%. even even the your Lee's form, very yeah. animated right now. <laughs> yeah, but even the form, like this, the this is so complex. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because your timing, the strokes, the strokes, and, yeah. the movement, and also you know whoever whoever stroke side front is the one that sort of keeps the rhythm. Yeah. So to be able to choose who that person is, you sort of have to have time to get away. Yes, you need time together, 100%. Okay, so, I'm okay, so like, now, now to Dan's question, how was the training? Yeah, how was the training? Full-time job. Like literally you're just sat in a rowing machine all the time? No, we built up run, to doing do two-hour sessions on the rowing machine yep. because two hours was our shift system. We Got decided you. on two hours <laughs> rowing, two hours sleeping. Two hours rowing, two hours sleeping, all day, all night, for the duration. Which what we're going to get to. Oh, you've asked it already. Sorry. 45 days. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the sleep deprivation. You get as well, because, yeah, the sleep deprivation, for real. Yeah, the, the, it was just, psychologically. Like sharks, sharks. You just have to not think about gonna, these things. Wait, wait, I want to get to these questions. is going to do nothing. I want to yeah. get to these questions. So you do the training, so you build up to two hours. But I've got so many questions about butt soreness because like, I, sit on a, real. I sit on a row machine Not for five that, minutes and it hurts. Not just that, acid in your legs. Like, where do you go to stretch? And that was tra- challenging mm. as well. Okay, so we, so we finish the training. Right, then you okay. Get, you, get, you get on a boat. Well, the when training... When did you all come together? So we had an eight-month 
planning and preparation phase before we set okay, sail. So that's fairly long, but obviously yeah. being disjointed doesn't but help. The full-time job is you've got to get 600,000 dirhams worth of sponsorship to even get the boat on the water. So when wow. I announced this to my parents, I'm rowing across the Atlantic, they were like, they'll never raise enough money. We don't need to worry about this. They're not doing it. That was... <laughs> they definitely didn't know you. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know their own You're like, like, Jesus. Here we go. What let's the... hustle. <laughs> As if... And I stupidly turned up with uh, the DVD of Ben Fogel and James Cracknell rowing across the Atlantic, okay. which was an absolute disaster. And we learned mm. so much from that yeah. video. And I decided to take it to Portugal, where my parents live, and announce that I'm rowing across the Atlantic with this team of girls. Can we watch this together? Because this is going to be an introduction to what we're going to do. Yeah. I remember sitting there thinking, maybe I should have watched this alone yeah. before I introduced <laughs> it to them. But they weren't worried because they were like, there's no way you're going to get enough money together. There's I absolutely no way. Uh, it's just not going to be a possibility. So because I had the Dubai market to play with, that felt good because I wasn't treading on any toes of yeah. the girls in some respects when it came to mm -hmm. like approaching companies for sponsorship. Mm -hmm. And I felt really comfortable doing those meetings because it was like... It's for a charitable and a very good reason. Absolutely. And at the same time, it was... And you were doing something mad. I was in a corporation for years. Yeah. So yeah. it felt comfortable sat across the table yeah. from a CEO having a it's chat little, with it's him. It was a business deal. It was just a business deal. Yeah. Exactly. So that didn't phase me. And I was very comfortable doing that. We did manage to get a lot of sponsorship and Gems Education sponsored us and Dubai Duty Free. They were headline sponsors. Wow. They were wonderful. Yeah. So the training, so that was part of the day was going for meetings, but then training was three times a day and it was on a rowing machine. Three times a day? No, just one time a day, building yeah. up to this two-hour shift system. Yeah. As you said, you were constantly watching your stroke because we were set parameters by one coach based in the UK who was an ex-Olympic coach. He was yeah. quite scary and he was somebody that actually said, there is no excuses out on the ocean None. and he was so right it was like those words were ringing round in my head and it was like yeah at the time it was frustrating listening to those words because mm. it was just like okay that's not a motivation that's not pushing me to try harder but it, it build you up for the reality yeah, it, yeah, was, it was reality so going back to reality we did crossfit as training as well and i had some great coaches here in dubai i created my own little mini team in dubai you needed that support mm, network yeah. right so there was um crossfit that trained me with variety because you've got mm. those waves hitting you from every yeah, angle. Yeah, so you need like that functional training, just a bit of strength, conditioning. It, yes, and also the variety because yeah. it's, okay, you might get hit by a huge wave on this side and nothing on this side and you're going to be all upset. You need to be able to adjust very quickly and you need to be incredibly flexible with your approach to everything and yeah. respond well to it. Got to the point where I'd do a two-hour session CrossFit and then the coach would be like, okay, now go outside and do a 10K run. I'd be like, okay. I'd be like, I'm joking, but good to see your head is programmed you, now. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. yeah, there was no, no option to give up. Yeah. And that was the other thing with the team. We made a <laughs> pact with one another uh, that we would not get off the boat, even if we had an injury or anything mm. medical, because it would jeopardize getting world records if we had yeah. the outside assistance. So that's when the team started to change a little. <laughs> And our six, one person wasn't able to continue. Maybe some of the work commitments have taken priority. And the realities of what you've actually signed up to starts to really yes. come through. Massively. Yeah. When you sign the yeah. disclaimer. Yeah. When you talk about medical insurance and Medivac and being in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean alone. <laughs> yeah, quite scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so you still continue to do it. <laughs> and that was the thing. Like, it was interesting because I'd meet people at the gym. Two hours. Yeah, we're going to get to this now. I just want to. Day and night, nonstop. Yeah. Can I ask you the question, how do you mentally prepare for this? The but training, the physical training that took place mentally prepared. mentally prepared you because it was no option. No matter how much pain you feel, 
Got you. No matter how fearful mm. you are of what you're about to do next and that unknown that somebody's just said you're going to go and do next. Yeah. Pushing you to the you brink. You continue to do it. You yeah. just walk. You just do. You continue to move. And you just yeah. It is. It is very much so. And I also think, I mean, I had one lady, she's still in Dubai. She was in her early stages of her career at the time, Melanie Oliver. I remember to this day, she was at the gym and she does a lot of the, at the time she did NLP, uh, mm -hmm. Neuro Linguistic Programming. Yep. And I wasn't into that type of stuff. I like to do yoga, but I don't think I really understood the the benefits to the mm. level that I do maybe now. And it's a forever journey and I still love delving into that. But she sat me down and she said, I need to go through some things with you. And it's all about programming your brain to actually visualize success. And she only sat with me for 10 minutes, but she really got me thinking about visualizing how that mm. success looks like and what it would feel like reaching the other side with the girls mm. and it was just an amazing experience because it really opened my mind to that side of thinking about how your brain is so powerful mm. and your thought patterns and I think I've been quite lucky to have quite a positive program in mm. my head I don't know whether it was my upbringing or what <laughs> yeah. but I feel like that comes quite naturally to me and it was just reinforced 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 just like you can do it if it's possible, other people have shown yeah, that it's the possible. The only thing standing between you and what you want is yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, and your beliefs. Like, mm. why do you think you can't do that? Mm. Like, it's possible. Mm. I'm just really mindful of time because we're going to be here oh, for I know, forever. But, and you've got to shoot up to another meeting, yeah, I think. But, but, but. <laughs> but, we, but you're so gonna be totally to get to the heart of it, like, if, to wrap up, take us through the experience on the water. People yeah. will mm. want to know. How, you've done I, all this, you went on the water. Before you get in the water, how did you feel when you stepped onto that boat yeah. for the first time? And you're like, ready this is the last time. Yeah, I'm really see ready, really ready, but so nervous, like yeah. so so nervous. Like I think a lot of people think that you're not human when you go and do something like this. That no, oh, you weren't fearful. Human. You you no, you, you, you must be terrified. <laughs> no, it's because you're very human that you're able to actually do it. I, mean, I love that you can see machine. that, yeah. and I think that that is what the experience has yeah. done to me: is yeah. made me feel emotions without fearing any of them. Yeah. I can sit still with my own thoughts; nothing touches me anymore. It's like yeah. I'm not scared of doing anything. I can walk with that fear in me. I'm scared about doing stuff. Like I have nerves, because like, yeah. you know, we're human, right? Yeah. A lot of people think, "Oh, she's got so much confidence; she doesn't get nervous about anything." Like nothing throws and nothing faces. Nervous for the same thing. Absolutely right, and I just think the difference is: do you? Put push through it and just go and do it anyway yeah. or do you say no that's not for me and I'm not doing that that person's better at that that's why they can do it yeah mm. yeah I think the rawness <laughs> of what this experience did to me was being able to sit comfortably with my own thoughts for but, sure uh, so the boat goes <laughs> yep what is that experience as Lily mentioned no. first two days adrenaline like yeah. super charged because the other thing is we've got I think the other thing is as well about stripping yourself literally You've got no toilets. So you've got a bucket next to each other. So you've got these logistical <laughs> issues. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's like a narrow issue. It's a narrow, it's you really have to narrow. You climb over each other to get to where you need to be. 100%. Or you just move the bucket from one person to another person yeah. because well, like, that's kind of like, the reality. Once you're in your seat, you're in your seat. And so you decide and to And your ankle <laughs> has a leash on it because if we to do. Be able to pull, go over. Well, if we capsize and yeah. you go over, then at least. I mean, I don't know why we chose ankles because you're dragged along in that direction, but you know, you were attached to the boat at all times. So if you needed to maneuver from up and down. So me and Julia shared one cabin at the back. That so if she was sleeping, I was rowing. And then we'd switch over, and then the other three girls were in the <coughs> bigger cabin at the front, which had the GPS and some of the food making equipment. And that's the other thing: the added weight. Yes, yeah, so we had dehydrated food. Yeah, exactly. So we 
that was my job. I love maths. So I distributed all the food in the boat so the that it was balanced. Yeah, exactly. Because everything was dehydrated because you had yeah. no fresh produce because... We had some, like some pe- tinned peaches. We chose carefully. There yeah. was a certain amount of weight that we were Did allowed on the... support boat? No. So, well, there was... It, well, <laughs> the thing is, there was this support boat that was there. So it's an organised race. Okay. 17 boats departed at the same time. Yep. We were the only all-female crew that did it in this particular year. How many boats finished? <laughs> a third of them. I can't remember the exact number, okay. but I remember it being a third. So roughly four or five or six of them didn't make it. Yeah. Hypothetically. Yeah. So did you see, were you close with the others? Like you No, no, that's the thing. Other? So there was this yacht, this <clears throat> boat that was a support boat, but they did say that it would take four days to possibly reach us if we faced any difficulties. <laughs> and we were aware of that. That was like something that was, we had all you these. You could be dead in four days. I oh, know, it was like really serious. So, I mean, that's we had all these. That's not a support these... boat. No, it was scary. Like super <laughs> that's scary. That's not a support boat. So as you're rowing. But you don't like, see anyone. Don't see say, anyone. As you're rowing, you don't see anybody. No. So Just we, yourselves. Yeah, so we, we departed a couple of days after the rest of the crew because we had a team of six. And then unfortunately, one of the ladies didn't end up coming with us. So we had to regroup and work out the different tasks between us all, like how we were yeah. going to work that out. So it turned out being five. So we had to change the shift system. We had to change a lot of the responsibilities, but we needed two days on land to get that together. <laughs> so all the other boats had gone and it was amazing. There was one ex-military boat. They were all amputees and wow. they were doing it. They were incredible. That was so inspiring because it yeah. was like, wow, you know, you're able-bodied and you're doing this and you want to, you know, you think that you're nervous about it. Yeah. I mean, look at them. That's just absolutely amazing. But how do you hold course Ah, you have a corridor, yeah. So we plot an area that we're willing to yeah, go you had within. Yeah, because wind, yes. waves. waves. Yeah. So the end point was Barbados. At one point, we were heading for New York, and we had to make a judgment call: do we go with the wind that's literally blowing us up north, or do we try and fight it yeah. to help bring us back down a bit more south? And these were all judgment calls. You didn't know what you were doing, you know? You were yeah. making decisions, but you got no experience with any of this. It was just like, what feels the right thing to do? <laughs> and you soon started to understand that, you know, these decisions were huge and going against the wind wasn't an option. because it was just option. No, and Mother Nature's much bigger than you ever are going to be, Always right? go with the wind. Absolutely. So, so yeah, it was... Yeah, we did at the end manage to drop down south and we were back on course again. And it was the, fine. The but thing is the wind changes all the time. All the time. <laughs> push you backwards. I really remember Julia coming off shift and getting into the bed and I was hauling myself out of the bed onto the deck. And my wrists, I think, like everybody showed different weaknesses in their body. Yeah. My wrists were really painful. They were black and blue from inside. So when I got every shift, I had to haul myself out of the cabin. The only way out was to... Mm. on your hands to pull oh. yourself out and the pain factor it was just that's like before you that's before you even started rowing yeah and then if it's raining and you've got all your wet weather gear on and you need to go to the toilet and you've got to strip off to, and then you know you don't want to let the other girls down so you don't want to occupy going to the toilet or doing any of <clears> those <throat> things whilst you're supposed to be on shift because you're supposed to be rowing right yeah. so yeah it's just like all these small things wow. become so so difficult to what do what was it like at night oh the night time so we had these beautiful flying fish that would go for 200 metres and they'd be, I don't know, like a metre off the sea and they'd look 
super shiny and gorgeous as they were flying through the daylight. Yeah. At nighttime, they couldn't see where they were going and you couldn't see them. They were hitting the boat. And you were naked most of the time because you're collecting all this sea salt in your clothes. So yeah. you had slippy, slimy things smacking you on the back. You couldn't Whoa. see them. And your adrenaline shot to pieces already. You know, you're not feeling the best because you've got, no, had, got sleep deprivation, haven't you? So yeah, you're feeling delusional by now. Your nervous system's wrecked. And you've got these things literally just hitting your skin from every direction. For me, that was the bit that tipped me over the edge. Yeah. I remember thinking, oh, this is the worst. Um, were you in a storm? We were. What yeah, was that like? was I'm, big... I'm just thinking of like crazy crashing waves and rain. Yeah, and just yeah. Like so the the, flipping. It, 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 on some nights where it was super dark and you didn't see the moon, you know, it was very cloudy. You yeah. could hear what felt like a train coming towards you, and it was just this: a wave would get would be building up and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and closer and closer and closer, and it was like it was in slow motion. You could just hear it, and you knew it reached its peak and it was hovering over your head. Yeah. and there was like this moment of silence. <laughs> Before it came crashing down on top of you, you'd get thrown off your seat. You'd be smashed into the side. We had bruised legs all the time because the oars would yeah, hit like your shit. You know, right? It's horrible. And the clearance, there was there was no <clears throat> yeah, clearance. No... And because of the waves hitting you in so many different directions, we were black and blue anyway. And we were sitting on these sheepskin rugs and they were just supposed to be comfortable, but they collected so much salt water and horrible. And it was just, you just wanted to like a fresh pair of cotton knickers. Do you know what I mean? Just to sit in, just something that was dry. Because that was How the other thing. How you guys not flip? Well, that was the other thing. I think, you know, everybody deals with things differently, right? And we'd got to know each other incredibly well. And we knew we'd been put under pressure. We'd had a lot of training together. We had met up in the UK and we'd done like sea survival courses mm -hmm. and ocean theory courses. And it was hardcore. There were weak residential moments where it was like, this is hard, like working all this out. were you wearing life jackets? Sometimes when it was really choppy, yeah, we'd get all of our gear on. They just added extra things. But that's the thing, it would make it even harder to row. No, we weren't weren't in the much. I remember the foul weather gear even being awkward. Yeah. You know, like a big bulky, bulky jacket. Yeah. Um, Can't really move. Yeah, it was just hard Hot. work. Yeah, and just well, you know, normally well, like, normally when you're rowing, you're wearing zoot suits. You're super which is slimline, right? Skin. It's yeah. like what, time, skin. what time of year was this? End of November, beginning of December. So you're heading into winter. Or yeah. you're in so winter. There was actually there was there was a storm and we went with the trade winds so there were trade winds afterwards and we had to wait a little bit before they all calmed down but it was taking us in the right direction but there were moments where I remember Julia coming off shift and me getting out the cabin and she said the speedometer thing's not working and I was like okay great got on the seat started rowing uh, I was like oh my gosh it's like we are rowing but we're rowing to stand still like yeah, you don't the, know where you the, the current like, is and that's why the speedo is not doing anything because we're not picking up any pace we're not doing anything we're literally if we weren't rowing we'd be, be going in the wrong direction yeah 100 percent. then there were some days where the waves were so amazing and we picked up like 12 knots and we were surfing on them so they weren't crashing on top of you yeah. they were picking you up and you were just tapping the oars and you were like flying it was a wonderful experience and the was dolphins there a moment that we of hysteria? saw Many, Sorry, talk about many. The, yeah, yeah and, and that was the other thing that I wanted to say. You know, we all had like different ways of responding and reacting under pressure. And I think I'm quite a contained person. I do a lot of internal processing. So, and I'm always quite thoughtful about people around me. And I'm probably more thoughtful towards there's, others than I. that EQ. Right, <laughs> exactly. It's there. And all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, right, don't rock the boat yeah, literally. unless it's going to have a positive impact on the rest of the team yeah because you can't so, be dealing with friction and tension you it's not going to solve anything yeah. right so someone's done gotta, something a little niggly thing survive this now. suck get, it up yeah. just deal with it yeah absolutely so i um i think i held a lot here 
most of the girls were quite explosive in moments. I mean, we saw all of ourselves even mm -hmm. in some really ugly moments. You know, it was like, whoa, I raw. really know myself. Like, this is, that's, that's not something I'm particularly proud of, mm -hmm. but wow, I've seen it. I really know myself now. Like, literally, when you're feeling the worst you could ever feel, yeah. you know how you're going to respond to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when I got off this particular adventure, expedition, I went into myself. I remember getting off the boat. I was going to say before, oh, because I'm going to ask me, I'm going to ask a question now. What was that feeling when you finally see land? Mm. You finally know this is about to conclude. Like you did it. That you've achieved it, or you're about yeah. to achieve it. You stand up. So I'm sure you got like sea legs by now. Yes. Like, what was that feeling of like finally stepping onto solid land? I think seeing dry land was weird first of all because everything was very calm and flat we pulled into the bay of barbados first of all we had to navigate through some really tricky waters and everybody had said it's really difficult to get on the land but once you enter the bay it becomes easier mm -hmm. and i remember the girls saying right katie you need to stay in the cabin and i was itching i wanted to be out there i did not want to be in the cabin i wanted to be out on the deck and i remember getting so emotional because i felt trapped it was like you want to be out on the deck doing what everyone else is doing yeah. but there's only space for three people so I had to shut myself in the cabin and when you shut in the cabin you've got to close the door because if a wave comes the water gets in and I remember being so emotional yeah exactly and I just remember thinking oh gosh we're, we're there but I can't see any of it but the support crew we did see and eventually we all kind of I could hear everybody screaming and shouting out there and oh it was just very very emotional I could hear my mum's voice which was so so loud yeah wow. some family members had managed to get there and it was just so emotional and I just think that sense of achievement getting there yeah. was just like so overwhelming really overwhelming just what's, what's the most what's the main emotion you remember relief yeah because you were in moments where it was life and death and that realization. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, people ask me now, would you do it again? And I'm like, not knowing what I know now, absolutely not. And this is sort of 12 years on as well. Yeah. So, you know, a bit yeah. of wisdom there as yeah, well. Like, <laughs> wow. But I think these are the years to do these types of things, you know, when you're young and you're, yeah. Um, yeah. you can take those risks and you've not got anything to lose. And it's like, just go and get on with it. So you said that once you hit dry land, you, you, uh, you found something out about yourself. I think because I'd suppressed a lot of emotions and hadn't maybe expressed myself all of the time. There was a lot of media there because we gained two world records in the process, which oh. was like an amazing achievement. And so do they, do they still stand now or? Um, we were the first female crew of five ever to do it because there were different numbers yeah. Yeah. that had done it. And then we were the fastest female at that time to cross. Wow. Yeah. And I think some Chinese girls managed to smash that a few years ago. I'm not really... Still, you're in the record box. And I wouldn't choose to go and do that again, just to prove <laughs> a point. Um, we've had it. We've had our experience. And for me, I didn't do it you for those that reason. It Maybe wasn't... It, charity for I, it was a personal development yeah. project and uh, amazing to be able to connect with this human trafficking industry that I knew absolutely nothing mm -hmm. about. So it was a massive educational process. Are and you still connected to that now? There was a few people here, like Dubai Foundation for Women and Children. Afra Basti, she's amazing at what she does. She's a local lady that runs that here. We were actually put in the same category for the Emirates Woman of the Year Awards. And it just felt so wrong because I felt like I should have been put in a category for extreme events. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was, and she won. And I was so, so happy to see that. I've spoken at a couple of events alongside her and I try to bring her into mm -hmm. things because I think, you know, the community that we have should bring is... Invite her. Yeah, definitely. Connect. She's very interesting. Yeah. Very, very Love interesting. That. Yeah, absolutely. No, she's a very interesting person and the work she does is just incredible. Nice. I salute her. She's amazing. Absolutely amazing. 
So when I got back to dry land and all the media are there and we've got, you know, two world records, people are going crazy. And we did have a PR company in the UK because we wanted um, awareness for the charity. So we get there, we've got OK Magazine, we've got all these other crazy people that have arrived. It's completely new to me. They're getting us to jump off rocks. We've got sea legs. We're collapsing in heaps. You know, it was the just a big It was a big mess. We were all in like such so many different places in our own headspace. And the first few days were exciting and it was fun. But as soon as I had a moment to sit down, it was like, oh, I don't want to speak to anyone for a bit. Like, yeah. oh God, we've got another interview in half an hour. I don't know. I'm gonna have to pull myself together. I started to just go inward. But did you suffer sort of like PTSD? I, I don't I don't want to say depression, but After having done something that big as a team and it's such a focus in your life and then all of a sudden it's all gone and you're like, oh, sort of back to reality. Yeah. There's a, you fall. It's a come down. Yeah. 100%. And I think there were two things, two sides to this. One was that kind of like suppression of emotions whilst at sea, you know, just. Then had to digest. Then had to digest and deal with. And my, I, I'm, I, I sit and reflect. I'm a thinker. I come out of my shell, and then I, I'm quite bold. Mm. But I do spend time, retreat, do my Introvert, own thing, extrovert. and exactly. And yeah, I don't know if you've come across my Human Design app. Yes. Um, I'm a manifester, and it just sits okay. so comfortably with me. Yep. It's like, yes, this is so me. I yep. sit, I think, I reflect, decide what I'm going to create, go out big and, and do it, go. and then come back in again. Yep. So. Getting to dry land, we had all these interviews and I'm sat there and there's one interview and I'm going to have to dig it out one day because I literally couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. Like they were asking questions and luckily there was five of us to absorb it. But afterwards the girl's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, because I couldn't even figure out what was wrong with myself, yeah. you know? Yeah. Anyway, so I went back to London. The interviews continued. It was January. It was snowing. We had flip-flops on and denim shorts and T-shirts arriving to interviews. We literally got off the plane, yeah. went straight to another interview. And I started to feel more relaxed. I was like, no, I'm, I'm good with this. This is okay. Somebody was um, giving these tickets away for this motivational speech. And I was like, well, I've got nothing else to do. I'm in London. Let's just go. Best thing I could have done. Mm. This guy, and I can't even remember who it was because it was like six different speakers. But this one guy resonated with me so much. And he basically said, we're all hose pipes and we're giving off uh, this free flowing water. And the more times we suppress emotions, we get a kink in that hose pipe. Yeah. And... Eventually, that'll lead to some form of a depression. Listening to his words, I thought, I don't want to be that person. I don't want kinks in my hose pipe. And he was saying, you know, to be the biggest, boldest, best version of yourself, you need your hose pipe to be free flowing. And that for me was the best thing I could have received at that point in time. Because I knew I had to sit still with those feelings. Mm. I knew I had to do some journaling to get them out. I fathomed it all out. But I didn't have anybody to sit with, to go through all of that. And I did that alone. Mm. And when I got back to Dubai, well, first of all, I went to Portugal to stay at my parents. That's when I had a meltdown and I couldn't control myself. There was tears, 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 tears. And dad being ex-military actually said, Kate, you've just been through life and death with a teammates and you're not together anymore. Now it's hitting you. You're yeah. realizing, <clears throat> you know, what you've just been through. And I was like so grateful for those two bits of advice because I just think it really helped me move forwards when I got back to Dubai. And from there... I just actively focus on my personal health and mental oh, yeah. health on a day-to-day basis. It's part and parcel of what I do every morning. It's set your mindset up with some morning mantras and yeah, just sitting still with my emotions. I'm so comfortable in doing it now. But you know, it was sort of no, ten you've years. Got your own fashion brand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> is a whole other podcast. <laughs> we're not going to go into all that. But, but 
Well, but it's, the point is, is, I think you know once, to be creative as yeah. as you know as creatives, you need to be free flowing. You yeah. need to have no blocked emotions, and you need to be able to express yourself fully. And I think you know if you're the type of person that does like to be maybe a bit more diplomatic, and you're not so expressive generally, yeah. or you're so conscious of the people around you, you've got to find other ways of managing yourself. Yeah. And I think mm. I have that balance now, and having to unlearn everything to do with kind of like routines and regiments you know I really focused hard on unlearning everything to do yeah. with my banking days to do with like my sporting mm. achievements because they were all very very regimented it was like discipline 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 which is wonderful no one's going to take that away from me ever I've got mm. it it's deep yeah. ingrained in me but Dan's got a final question no I just thought that was a really nice way to end actually it yeah. is a nice way yeah to, to like unlearn everything <laughs> unlearn everything to be able to learn what you really that's exactly want. how it should be there you go like, I feel like I unlearn everything thank day. you so oh, much oh, that was, was such that was a long winded awesome. story I no, feel like not. we should have broken it, it down I'm, I'm just <laughs> so great. grateful I got here in time you did so well <laughs> and before and before we segue again I'm going to wrap it up thank yeah, you thank you so much Katie. thank you guys thank you so much it was a pleasure thank you for listening to Rooted Within. If you like this episode, please make sure you drop a follow so you never miss an episode in the future. Rooted Within with Lily and Dan.